Hey, welcome to the Life After Ministry podcast. I'm here with Jay Ricardo Smith, and we are in Athens, Georgia, at the Classic City Conference. Welcome. Thank you so much, Matt, for having me, and I am grateful to be able to share on this podcast a little bit about what you've been able to see firsthand Man, while we're and, here. And I, I, I might be having you here on the podcast, but you've had me here, <laughs> and uh, it's been so good for me, for my eyes to, to be open. But um, tell us a little bit about this conference that we're at. This is a conference for pastors here in Georgia. Um, what started this? What's your heart for pastors? Yeah, so 2019 uh, was the inception of the Classic City Conference. Okay. So uh, just the name of the conference itself represents the city of Athens. Okay. Uh, for anybody who's listening that knows nothing about Athens, Georgia. That was me just uh, a couple months ago. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a little football team uh, that prior to this year, we were winning some championships. And yeah. so, uh, it's the home of the University of Georgia uh, and the city nickname, city moniker, if you will, is the classic city. Yeah. And so this is home for me. This is where I grew up, Yeah. Uh, where I served in ministry uh, as a college and young adult minister. And about um, now 11 years ago, I started pastoring a church in a neighboring county called Brown Chapel Baptist Church. Um, and while there, we started around 2012 with about 30 members. Our church grew in the rural community of Bishop, Georgia, okay. of all places. Yeah. Uh, people often call me Bishop and I'm no Bishop of anything, <laughs> but the city is called Bishop, Georgia. And um, our church grew from about 30 to 150. Wow. Yeah. But the danger of that growth was uh, as a leader, I didn't feel I was equipped to manage that growth well. Yeah. It's, it's scary because growth is exactly what you want, uh, but it comes with all the obstacles, it, right? It like, does. Lord, give us growth and Lord, don't let it grow too quick. <laughs> and as it did, we experienced uh, what you would call growing pains, if you will. Yep. And the leadership infrastructures needed to change. And I didn't know where to find solutions that really spoke to the context that I served. Yeah. And so smaller church in a rural community. And I was going to all of the major conferences that exist across our country. Mm. Um, and I think the Lord gave me a little bit of a gift to be able to kind of shift it and apply it to my context. Sometimes principles can translate. Yeah. But there were times that the resources that I felt that I needed for the ministry that I serve uh, really didn't speak to that, didn't speak that same language. And so while I was at a conference in about 2018, God spoke to me and said, instead of you just bringing resources back to other pastors who were sharing similar stories with me mm. of their challenges, instead of bringing them the resources back in your suitcase, why don't you bring the people who have the resources? And wow. they can be a blessing to them. And so we started the Classic City Conference originally designed to reach those small to mid-sized church pastors. And as those pastors would come, oftentimes struggling with something, uh, and we wanted to make sure that whatever they were struggling with, we had solutions uh, readily available for them. But then we also noticed that those pastors would return back to the conference annually and nothing changed primarily because there were key leaders in the church who did not hear it. Mm. And so we decided we wanted to be a church for pastors and their leadership team. Yep. So the same stuff that you're hearing, 
you need to make sure that the leaders you serve along with are hearing. And uh, and I'm grateful I got to hear you this week uh, while you were here with us. Yeah, it was an honor. I, I'll tell you, I loved it. It was it was a lot of fun because the people here, they're responsive. Yeah, they're loving it. They're taking it all in now. What's, what's unique about this is that I'm an anomaly. I'm, I, I live in Kentucky now. It's very white, it's very yeah. Caucasian. Yeah. Uh, originally from Orange County, California, where there's a lot more diversity. But at this conference in particular, I'm the anomaly uh, because I'm the one white dude. There's maybe five of us it's here. There's a few of you. It's this a, is a handful of you guys. A handful. <laughs> but this is this is a conference really for black pastors. Yeah. Um, and, and so tell me the state of the black church, uh, especially post-COVID, sure. um, what's the health of pastors and, and communities? Man, that's a great question. Um, I think COVID um, was a blessing and a burden at the same time. Yeah. Um, it was a blessing because I think a lot of pastors, especially in the African-American context, um, our churches are very pastor-driven. Yeah. Pastor led, yep. um, and that's a blessing and a curse as well. Right, they um, do everything. Yeah, it's the pastor. The pastor. Right. Like, if we if we start having conversations about staff pastors, they're like, "What does that mean?" Right. You know. Right. <laughs> so, um, being able to shift responsibility, shared leadership. Um, I know often, uh, even in the research I've done uh, with the work that you've done as well. Um, talking to elders, uh, shared leadership is a hard concept at times uh, in our context. Um, but then uh, the burden is that because the pastor is doing everything, then the pastor's getting burned out or, the, or there's a unhealthy sense of responsibility and a burden placed on their shoulders uh, to try to carry it. And so um, in African-American context, I think uh, during that transition time of COVID, we saw a lot of people leave and they used COVID as their excuse. Mm. They were already planning to leave, I believe, in a lot of cases. Yeah. Uh, but this just gave them a way out, if you will. Um, so we're seeing, uh, in some ways, uh, a shift and a transition of the actual people that we're serving. Uh, the last three years, that has changed in uh, overwhelming majority of our churches. But in addition to that particular change, there's also um, something that I believe we deal with, which is not knowing when it's time to transition. Ooh, yeah. In the African-American context, we often die in the pulpit. Yeah. Um, a lot of that could be as a result of bad financial planning. A lot of that could be a result of we don't see a sense of value and worth outside of the position of pastor. Right. And um, I think that's even an issue with, as I mentioned earlier, staff pastors. Um, I think we're exposing this community here at Classic City to ministry in so many different ways. Right. That's why I'm glad to have some diversity we could bring in. Right. Um, but I think some people only think I'm only valuable if I'm in the main seat. Mm. Uh, and they find their sense of worth and, and value in being uh, a senior pastor and a lead pastor. And so and there's a threat to, to sharing leadership. It is. Yeah. It is. But in addition to that, I think it's also a uh, it's a threat to the health of the church in that when in the health of those pastors say there is a need for a transition to happen uh, or a pastor uh, for whatever reason is voted out of a church uh, for churches that have that culture uh, or a pastor that walks away plants a church and is unsuccessful in that that journey um, there, there's a sense of 
of a loss and a lack of worth and value outside of just being in that position. When I was in that position, I was valuable. When I was in that position, I was in demand. I had people calling me, and there are pastors here uh, who may not be serving in senior leadership anymore, uh, who shared those stories with me as well. What know? will I do with my life now? Yeah, right. and, um, and I, think that, I think that we have to have another conversation in the African-American church about who you are outside of what you do. That's right. Um, and who, who God has created you to be versus what your calling may be in this season. That's right. um, and something else that doesn't happen too often in our context is that seasons change. Mm. Lifelong ministry is what I think the majority of the African American community signs up for. Uh, and then it's almost unheard of to think about doing something else. And I think having these conversations now is a healthy uh, balance and to know that you're still valuable to God regardless of what role you're serving in. Well, and that's, that's one of the things that we talk about a lot with outgoing pastors is, and it's something I had to get straight from myself, is this dynamic of these, these areas of identity, mm-hmm. who I am in Jesus. And even though we've all preached that message before, very, very few pastors live it and believe it. That's good. So we have identity, uh, assignment, and calling. Yes. And I think if you asked me 10 years ago, so tell me about yourself, I'd say, well, I'm a pastor. <laughs> and... And when that gets taken, or when you leave it, and, and that was your identity, and I think it also gets, our, our calling is mixed up in there too. That's it. Um, but being a step removed from that season, I, I can see that me being in ministry was an assignment. Um, and now listening to God, God, what is it that you're calling me into? My assignment's the thing that's gonna pay the bills, yeah. right? But that, that's gonna change over and over again. But yeah, we have to instill that in our people and in, in the pastors yeah. to be able to say, you're not just transitioning from, but what are you transitioning to? That's right. And if we can get clarity and give hope in those situations that feel hopeless, I think that that's super helpful. I love it, man. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Um, what, do you, what do you say um, to that pastor who's just hanging in there by a thread? Uh, they didn't make it. They just, they just, they're just hearing about this conference now, yeah. uh, and they need to wait till next year to come, um, where do they go and find hope and help in that season? Wow, uh, I, my simple answer is, uh, and it may sound like a cliche, uh, but if they're hanging on by a thread, I just say, tie a knot at the end of it and keep hanging, <laughs> keep hanging. Um, it, it is, ministry is a hard thing, it is, it is rough. And I think that's why we cannot do ministry alone. Yeah. Uh, I would encourage any pastor to have, uh, if it, it may only be one or two, but some faithful covenant friends uh, that will walk through, with you through any and every season. Um, part of the success of this conference isn't just me. Um, one, I have an amazing wife, so. Yeah, she's all over her. the place. I love um, her, she's great. And I, I've got a great team, but there are about three guys that if you ever see a Classic City conference and they're not doing something in some capacity, uh, then that means it probably isn't the Classic City Conference. Right. Um, they've been with me since the beginning because uh, we've got 20 years of friendship mm-hmm. and relationship and uh, battle scars and uh, walking with each other through cancer diagnosis, through the death of a child. Um, we've gone through hard things in life together where one who almost lost his life, um, given a 15% chance to live mm-hmm. and he'll be preaching on the main stage next week. Wow. And so, um, it is, 
being able to walk with others so that you're not carrying that burden alone. And it's also, you said, until this time next year for Classic City, um, I think that that's also a push for us to be able to offer content beyond just this moment, yeah. beyond just this meeting. Um, planning a conference of this magnitude is a lot of, a lot of work, yeah. um, but that's why the partnerships we've been able to develop, um, the learning curriculum that we've been able to kind of curate with some of the classes that we offer um, that are not just taught by our partners as well, being able to have all of those resources together is going to help us frame what the future looks like beyond just the meeting. Because the meeting, there's the high of the meeting, but then uh, that's the mountaintop. But there's the valley of going back to whatever ministry they're a part of uh, and having to face reality all over again. And did we give them enough tools to make them successful? And for those who couldn't be here, um, then what tools can we continue to implement in some creative ways? There's so many things at our disposal now. And so uh, that's what my team and I are doing. Uh, we're planning while we're in this conference for what the rest of the year looks like. Uh, and it's a good job. We, we like that extra work that's, that we feel God's placed upon us so that we can make a difference in somebody's life. Yeah, it's, I think, I think we need, I love that you say tools because I think we need tools, we need options mm. to feel like, I, I, when, when we feel like we've hit a wall and yeah. we can't move, I actually was just talking to a counselor who works with um, teenagers, adolescents, and he, he said one of the, the reasons that we have such a high rate of teenage suicide is because they have run out of options. And, and the people most in life who feel like they run out of options are teenagers. They don't have power over their, if, if I don't like my job, I can change my job and get out and can pull the ripcord. Um, but you know, teenagers, they're, they're stuck in a family system or a household. And so they, when they feel like they don't have an option, that's when they say, I'm out. But I think that, that we have churches that feel, and pastors who feel isolated. Yeah. And so this is a community, it's a gathering point. Sure. And then you say, here are tools for when you feel like you've run out of options. Well, that's why I'm so uh, impressed and with the work that you guys are doing, mm. because um, I, I think counseling is necessary. I think ministry in and of itself is traumatic. It, I don't care what your experience has been. <laughs> ministry is traumatic and you need healthy ways to process it. Yeah. And so uh, the work that you, that you guys are doing, uh, I think uh, one thing that I would recommend is some form of therapy. Uh, I think there was a, a presenter earlier today that made a statement of, of uh, we've went, that some families could waste $5,000 on counseling when they could just get uh, somebody in their family delivered. And that, I hate, <laughs> praise God for deliverance, but also praise God for therapists, because sometimes delivery is help, is made, is made uh, manifest through uh, what God puts in those who have uh, the expertise and the resources to help. And so, uh, yeah, I think that that's so vital, so important. I think the mental health of church leaders is a conversation uh, that is on the uptick now, but it's one that I think uh, so many other pastors before us could have used uh, something that you guys are even implementing right now. And so uh, that's why I believe so much in what you're doing. Yeah, I love it. Somebody told me, they said, um, my goal as a pastor is, Lord, help me not kill the church. 
and help the church not, not kill, kill me. me. <laughs> I, I think it's one that mantra I'm gonna add to my life too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, hey, thank you for the work. Thank you for inviting us here Absolutely. and for caring about. I remember when we had our, our first conversation a couple months ago and you just said, my people need to hear this, uh, that we, we don't transition well. Yeah. I think the church globally, and maybe even it's just a human thing that transitions are hard uh, of any kind. And so we wanna be able to be out in front of those and to be able to meet people before uh, the moral failure, before the burnout, before death, <laughs> right? And say like, there is a better way uh, to be able to do this. And so we're just appreciative of, of you gathering the troops Absolutely. here. I, I believe that um, having you guys here, even for those leaders who may not be in transition now, that the introduction alone is gonna help them know where to go and what and who to call yeah. know that this exists yeah. when they're faced with it because uh, out of a conference of about 200 people somebody's going to be faced with this that's right and, and some people are saying i didn't even think about that like i didn't even know that was a thing that's right and it wasn't <laughs> until we started it so, yeah. hey if people want to get connected to you and your ministry yes. to classic city yes how, how does that happen so two ways yeah um for me on every platform you can just look me up it's j ricardo smith uh i'm not as active on some as i am on others yeah it ebbs and flows <laughs> i'm seasonal with that but, streaky. But, but to make life easy uh for me <laughs> yeah and for others to find me j ricardo smith on every platform and we are also classic city conference on every platform as well okay good yeah. and i'll put all that in the links but hey thank you thank you man thanks for being here thanks for inviting yeah. us and it's been an honor and we'll be back Looking forward to it, man. Right. Blessings. Yeah. The Life After Ministry podcast is really an outgrowth of the work that we're doing at Pastoral Transitions. We are serving ministry leadership as they care for departing leaders and their families. We call it Kingdom Outplacement, and it's a comprehensive roadmap for navigating ministry terminations and transitions, but doing it with love and grace. Now, overwhelmingly, we are getting a lot more leaders who've come out, who've been fired, who've been released from their positions, and they're still reeling and they're hurting and they're trying to figure out what's next, but they don't have the financial support to get the services that they need to walk that path. So we've started recently a nonprofit arm of what we're doing at Pastoral Transitions to enable people to partner with us in helping ministry leaders transition to what's next. It really feels like uncharted territory for a lot of people when they're leaving their role in ministry. It's not just a career change. It's a shift in everything in your life. We want to invite you, if you have a heart for outgoing leaders and for pastors, maybe they're going back into ministry and maybe God is leading them into something else. When you are supporting the work that we're doing at Pastoral Transitions, you're helping to provide personalized support for pastors and their families who are in that season of transition. And we help to foster communities of love and grace and encouragement in these challenging seasons and give them steps to navigate with clarity and confidence. So we invite you to join us. You can go to pastoraltransitions.com and there will be a donate button along the top and you can join us in this we appreciate it. We love these people and we want to be able to care for them now and into their next season for whatever it is that God has for them. Thank you for listening to the Life After Ministry podcast.